Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. All right, we're doing something uh, we've done before, but it's not typical. We do it roughly every 50 episodes. Uh, I am fairly confident we should have done this like... uh, Four months ago, five months ago, something like that. Yep, roughly twenty episodes. Yeah, so if we're staying on track, we would have done this um, a few months ago. So tonight we're doing a uh, we're, we're having we're, we're waxing reflective, maybe even nostalgic about episodes one fifty one to two twenty two twenty just released a couple days ago. Uh, we. You and I both remarked that we wish it was 150 to 220 um, mm-hmm. because 150 is Bobby Malone. And we get to talk about Bobby again. Yeah, we're big fans. But we're not going to do that because I think he was included in the last correct reflection or look back that we did. Yep. So we're doing 151 to 220. I had not looked back at this list until, I don't know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes before we got going. Uh, you I, was, and I, I was about four hours ago, so not too far ahead of you. Yeah, and you and I, uh, I think, had several, more than ten, that yes. we wanted to include in our top ten. But, uh, alas, we had to turn your 18 into 10, my 15 into 10. We've got a few honorable mentions that didn't make the cut. These top ten are in no particular order. Correct. Actually, the, Actually, that's not true. I'm doing it from oldest to newest. Oh, okay. Um, I can do that. Just because that's how I wrote them down. Yeah, I can do that too. And and I may screw that up a little bit. We'll be sure to say the name, the episode number, and um, share our thoughts on why we put them in the top 10. And I guess we'll just go back and forth, uh, starting with one of your top 10, not necessarily number one, not number 10, but in the top 10. And in numerical order, starting from oldest. If that's what you're doing. I like it. You don't have to do that. That's what I did. Okay, beautiful. Somewhat great minds think alike, apparently. Or so, similar minds. Similar minds. Let's go with that. Good call. Yeah. Earlier, by the way, I thought you were going to say waxing poetic instead of waxing reflective. I like to say anything but poetic when okay. I say waxing. Understood. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. So. All right. Cool. Um, so you're going to see a little bit of a theme with mine because as we've talked offline, I can't help myself. Um, and you've said, I mean, a lot of people that listen to this, we try to get them to listen to various episodes, but a lot of people listen to the people you know that they know. Right. So, so there's there's a tad bit of a theme with that uh, for me because um, I just can't help myself. So, so my first one is going to be uh, episode 160, and that would be Rob Styles. Okay. And um, I think I picked it as a top ten. Probably, well, he's a good friend, but mostly because. We talked a lot about growing up in Ashland, much like you and Duke and I did. He told it from a story perspective of one or two years older. Um, But uh, Rob and I served on a couple boards together. And, um, yeah, he's he's just a really good dude. Um, uh, He's fun to talk to. Great family. Yeah, he's good to talk to. He's a good storyteller. Um, A lot of, you know, fond memories of his dad. And he talked about his dad. Um, So I thought that was really cool. And, um, yeah, so I think that's where I'm starting. And, um, yeah, just with a with a good friend. So. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Yep. I started uh, with somebody that I did not know until the podcast. Uh, and, actually, my, my dad, who's a Vietnam veteran, 
when you retire, apparently one of the things you, you can choose to do is to go eat breakfast with other older guys. Um, okay. And so he's he befriended another Vietnam vet at this, I don't know where these guys go, but they're eating breakfast somewhere in town. And he connected me with a guy named Dave Tribble. Yep. Great one. Dave Tribble uh, has done some incredible things in his life. I mean, he's, he's an entrepreneur. He did some really hard things in, in Vietnam, which we detail. Uh, we talked about in detail on the podcast. Uh, I've kept in touch with him since. Uh, I, I connected to one of his sons through the podcast. He called me, I don't know, four or five weeks ago to tell me he loved a recent episode that is actually in my top ten okay. for this set. That's um, awesome. D- Dave's a, a, a great guy. He's also he has a wonderful sense of humor. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that when you see him coming, you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm about to uh, have have a better day today because yep. I'm about to interact with Dave." So yep. I, I, uh, I, he's a great guy. If everybody on Earth was like Dave, this world would be a better place. Yeah, totally. I, I yeah. probably will say that again. Yes, no worries. Uh, I'm sorry. What what episode number was Dave? One fifty seven. I did not gotcha. say it. Thank you for yeah. No worries. Catch me on that. No worries. One five seven. And by, by the way, let me get this out of the way. Okay. You and Kevin Flippin, who have contributed more to this podcast than anybody else besides me, right? Um, we're in the 151 to 220, but I, I didn't want to put you in there, uh, even though I had an urge to put both of you in there. I fought it. It would have been too easy to do it, but you absolutely are top two out of all 220, <laughs> but I, I, I was creating space for, for others. For others. You're very kind. You're very kind. So, all right. Um, so, my next one... Um, is I hate to I hate to rank them. I'm just going to say it's another great survival story. Um, and we it was one of the first blog posts I did, which I need to start doing more of. But one of the first ones I did is it's called like our recommendation. We always I'm going back back, but we always recommend John Dow episode 62. So this one I'm going with 166, and I'm recommending Tony Tran. Um, Tony's got, um, a different type of survival story. Um, but much like John, he faced, he, he was younger than John when he went through it, uh, our John, big, a big part of it. John was 12. Tony was four. Yeah. Four ish. Yep. So, um, but he, he essentially escaped Vietnam, uh, with his family, part of his family. Unbelievable story. Yes. I mean, and I, and I think that's what intrigued me most about his, I mean, you know, um, is that only part of his family, you know, was able to get away that he was with. Um, I think it was, you have to help. I mean, one of his brothers. I think, was, the, I think the oldest brother, oldest brother was, was detained by the North Vietnamese. Correct. Yeah. And then, and ended up being in the South Korean army. No. Yeah. Yeah. Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Sorry. Yeah. Vietnamese army. And, but then I think he was in the South Vietnamese Army, stayed behind, was captured by the yeah, North Vietnamese, there you go. and I think he was ineffectively their their gulag or their prisons yeah, for a couple of years. That's it. You're totally right. And uh, so just the way that they reconnected with him and reconnected with other parts of the family, and then and then Tony made the most. I mean, it sounds like his whole family, but Tony made the most of. You know, coming to the USA, and he's been very successful, and that's just that's just neat in its own right. You know, and just blows me away of you know 
the success that he's had in his life and just the way he approaches it. And I think he, I think he talked, he got a lot of that, you know, from his parents, you know, um, but, uh, he had, uh, the respect he has for them was, um, amazing. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, just, just the whole story that he told about how they got out, what they had to do to get out and then how they, you know, ver- you know, eventually came here and, um, and then again, just, just the family dynamic of coming back together was, was just, I think that was one of the most amazing parts of his story. So, I, I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. No, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom it either. So, well, Tony's in my top 10 as well. So I will, uh, strike him and I'll just say that, uh, agree with everything you said. Incredible story from, from start to finish, right? right. What he endured as a young child, what his family endured and then what, uh, he and his family made it themselves, especially yep. him. I mean, yes, he's, right. he's done well for himself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I will also say that I apologize to the listening audience for Tony's episode's audio quality. We had a, a little challenge there, and I should have corrected it uh, before when I realized we had a problem, and I just kind of l- let the problem persist. wasn't the end of the world, but uh, wasn't perfect audio. Right, gotcha. I'm, I'm getting better, I think. Maybe You're, I'm getting worse. I could be getting worse. You're definitely not getting worse. So. All right, good times. Uh, my next one is actually one person, two episodes, and it's before Tony's episode. One of the things that's been really cool for me in this doing this podcast is I've reconnected with people that I haven't talked to in, I mean, approaching 40 years. Yeah. Um, in a lot of cases, 30 years. I was going to say, you've had a ton that have been in that 20 to 40 range. Guys from... Easy. I went to high school with, college, yeah. or army buddies. This, this podcast is forcing me to reconnect with people... I either liked a lot, loved, or absolutely adored. Yep. Uh, and so uh, this guy and I were not super tight in high school. I always thought of him as a good guy. I, I, I hope he thought the same of me. Right. But he served in the military. Well, let me just say his name. Buck Sessoms. And I went to high mm-hmm. school. He went to VMI, uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps um, as a grunt, which it takes a special kind of person to do that. And I say that with all... Do respect, and actually, I uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, that level of selflessness and commitment and courage it takes to be a college graduate and then enlist in the Marine Corps as a grunt. Right. It's episodes 164 and 165. Buck has lived uh, two or three lives in his 54 years. I'm assuming Buck's 54 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, he he was a pilot for Marine One, which takes the president various places within the country, typically. But right. they actually go overseas as well, and the helicopters are put in C fives, and they yep. take short helicopter rides in whatever country they're in. Uh, so he got to do that for a while. Uh, he was a helicopter pilot uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, he had a couple of incredible stories about uh, yes, he did how hectic it can be. And you're under fire. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to control way more than the human brain's supposed to be able to control. Yep. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was awesome to hear that story. And I, I will call this out. I reconnected to Buck because of a guy named Faze Oli, who he and I went to high school with. And the only reason Faze knew anything about Buck, who was a very humble guy, there there was um, a copy of his, one of his commendations for essentially Valor. I don't remember exactly what the, mm-hmm. the award was, but it was a very really high one and sure. face is reading it on the wall somewhere in vmi because phase's son goes to, right. to vmi yep. and, and he's like he's reading it and he's like oh 
that's Buck Sessoms. Mm-hmm. There can't be two Buck Sessoms. This has to be the guy <laughs> with the high school with. Faze confirmed and then reached out to me and said, you got you to gotta talk to Buck. Yeah, yeah, and, that's uh, a great Buck, connection. Buck was a, a treat to reconnect with. Yeah, yeah. I got to know the Oles a little bit. They're, um, they're kids, and my kids went to school together. Some of them did. I think I, in fact, I think Colt, I think, is the one at VMI, I think. And I think I coached him in Little League at some point, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to put anything out there that Faze doesn't want to put out there. But I asked Faze to come on because his he and his family have lived a, a an interesting and unique life. Yeah, and he said most of the things I would say are not worthy of a recording, <laughs> or not appropriate for recording. I think not appropriate. Maybe, okay. maybe that's what he said. Well, yeah. I think it would be worth for sure because they're they're a great family. So, all right, cool. Um, all right, I'm back on the uh, friend kick for this next one, and that would be. 172, one Mr. Ross Luck, um, who um, I technically, you know, I mean, he is. It's just a fact. I mean, he is my oldest friend in respect that our moms knew each other before we were born. Uh, He's 27 days older than me. He will always be 27 days older than me. He'll always be older than you, period. (laughs) That's right. Um, But, um, yeah, just, you know, just... We, we've talked about it a little bit. I mean, we're we're approaching uh, our our group per se is approaching you know the the fifty year mark for friendship, um, and um, but but Ross and I are fifty five years. You know, essentially. I mean, we, we can't remember you know the first three or four years, but um, but yeah, just um, I mean, he had great stories to tell, and uh, he he'd been on before with uh, Jack. You know, one of the Ashland, Virginia icons, his dad, and. Um, um, but he just had great stories to tell, and um, I think we got a kick out of a couple of the you know U of R frat stories, and um, and then uh, I didn't realize I'd for, or maybe I'd forgot that you two were into Dungeons and Dragons for a yes, period. Yep, we talked about that. So um, yeah, so um, yeah, so just I mean again, just a really you know my oldest friend, and just really enjoyed. Um, hearing him say a few things that again oldest friend known each other 55 years but you know much like we've talked about you talk to people you know and you get them in front of this mic and you're just telling their they're just telling their story and um and i i learned you know a few things new about ross i did that about mr styles too you know so um so it was it was just neat but uh yeah had had to include my oldest friend on the list that's for sure no, uh, no question. Ross is a, certainly a stand-up guy. Yeah, yeah. You, and, you, and you'd like thousands of Ross Lux in your life, because right, yeah, you'd be for, for sure. And I mean, and again, his, I mean, he's, he'll be the next generation of Ashland, Virginia icons. Yeah, you know, because because of how much you know he and his family and his wife Corinne, how much they do in the community, um, and um, you know the support that they give to various organizations and such and and through luck motor company and uh um and and personally so so yeah ross is a uh, snazzy dresser he is that in fact we we have a example of that uh on the website the picture uh, for his picture yeah. yes so yeah it's quite, quite dapper very debonair cool that's a good one uh all right so <laughs> fun story i was driving to blacksburg to help my son move in couple of my friends were coming along, Kevin being one of them, because they wanted to meet this guest who happened to live 10 minutes away in Christiansburg. 
one of them was a huge fan of uh, this particular guest. We get there. We've been there a few minutes. He's completely engaging, and I have this horrible feeling that I've forgotten something. I look back in my uh, car, my truck, and I realize I didn't bring the laptop. Now, I could have recorded on my phone, but I, I don't think I had the, the wiring to be able to connect everything together. So he graciously gave us a tour, and we talked to him for a while, bought a couple T-shirts from him, and uh, said, I'm sorry, we'll have to... We'll, Hope you're up for doing this again. So he was. Uh, we went back a couple months later. Um, it's episode 169. Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. He had just turned 80. I think he had just turned 80. He was part Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant from 50 years ago. He was also like, he, he was just a lovely person. Yeah. And he could have very easily said, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, just so the world knows, anybody listening to this, we we don't pay anybody to come on the podcast. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, Jimmy never asked for money. Yeah. And he's just, and he's another guy that I'm like, I could be around this guy all day long. Yep. All day long. And so when we actually did record, man, was he funny. Oh, gosh, he was yeah. funny. And, I mean, and I generally could, fun, too. Yeah. And, and you say that, and I could... It, it, that was one of those ones where I could I didn't get to go on that I could I could feel him coming through the through my ear my earpods you know, my earpods you know I could I could feel the fun I could feel the energy and like I said dude's eighty you know and he's still bringing it just he, like he did when he was on the mat back in the day and we were watching him on TV he still cuts uh, grass at his place with a push bore yeah yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, so I so since we're acknowledging and stuff, so so Boogie Woogie was uh, a a very I'm gonna say all mine were a very close honorable mention to the top ten. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's hard to pick. I, I like the first hundred and fifty. I I have affinity for over ninety percent. Oh yeah, big time. And I would never say who's part of the ten percent. Right, right. I would the, the I less not than 10%. either. Yeah, yep, I'm right there. So cool. All right. Um, so next for me, uh, again, got I, I know this is getting to be a broken record, but staying on theme. Um, but about about half of where we are in our lives in respect to friendships. But yeah, twenty, maybe a little more. Anyway, met him in nineteen ninety seven. Dave Kliz, uh, again, I've said episode one seventy seven. Um, so a really good friend, um, but. I think what I enjoyed most about Dave, well, so Dave has his own podcast. Um, he, again, he's got a great family, um, served on the uh, board with his wife, Monica. She's awesome. Um, their daughter, Lucy, just graduated from Longwood, starting her you know, adventure on you know, being an adult, <laughs> per se. Yeah. Um, but Dave is just, um, he's just a really solid uh, guy, a really, really good friend. Um, he will um, go to battle with you. Um, there's he, He's one of the ones I would like to have in that respect um, just because I know he's going to have my back or the back of you know anybody that that's with us. And um, he's just a good dude. And then um, what's most incredible about Dave is um, I think uh, – so, so the reason I got to know Dave is because I had just moved back from California and we – 
uh, had both come from other agencies per se, and we were going through a police academy together for the Hanover Sheriff's Office. He was Hanover Sheriff, I was at King's Dominion. And um, we played lots of ping pong at lunch and just got to know each other and became friends. Um, so we, we were road deputies for a while, but, but what most impresses me about Dave is the stuff that he had to do later in life. And it's, uh, it's um, at this point, talking about it, everybody's heard about the new Jim Caviezel movie, you know, about, you know, child trafficking and everything. And um, Dave, um, Dave saved a lot of lives um, of kids, you know, from um, some pretty uh, horrible people and horrible things that could have happened to them. Um, And I just got a ton of admiration for that because that takes a special person to be able to see that part of humanity, you know, on a, pretty much daily basis and still be able to maintain being a good dude, you know, yeah, being, mean, a, being a dad and being a husband and all that. So my, my admiration for Dave Cliz is, you know, off the hook. Um, but, um, but he's also just a super good guy and a good friend. Yeah, so. I, I met him because of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, he strikes me as a completely normal, good guy. Another guy that I think every time I saw him, I, he yep. would make me feel better right. about my day. Yep. Um, and the kind of work that he was doing, I he's very special for, for yep. being able to do that and to remain normal. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm amazed how he did that. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Cool. All right. My next one, and because I'm I'm bad tonight at giving episode numbers this is 175 okay 175 uh it was two guests i think it was the first time we've had two guests on together uh when i was uh beginning of my junior high school i i played high school football but it was much smaller not nearly as competitive as like uh apache kenry Lee Davis at the time, rivalry, and they were the only two schools in the in Hanover County at the time. The the game is still known as the Tomato Bowl. Uh, it definitely was the Tomato Bowl back in the day. And uh, I knew the Patrick Henry running back who ended up being state player of the year because he was a year older than me, yeah. senior year. I did not know the runner-up for state player of the year, um, but I knew he was – Lee Davis guy, and I'd heard his name a million times, uh, and I got to—I I can't remember how I connected to him, but I ended up getting him on the podcast, and then somebody had the idea that maybe we should get the two of them on together, right. and uh, their their names are Jock Jones, played at Lee Davis, then at Virginia Tech, and then then the NFL, and then Donnie Morris, who played at Patrick Henry. Uh, they were only a year older than me. They were only a year older than me now, right. obviously. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of heroes of mine. I'm like, you, two guys from Hanover County are the are basically the one and two players for Division Four across the entire state. You come from the same county, right? That's crazy. Yeah. And they they had been in some of the same circles after high school, but I, I don't think they'd seen each other in probably thirty years. We'll call it. Yeah. And they reconnected, saw each other in person for the first time in roughly 30 years in my driveway. Yeah, on this park. And, uh, and yeah. they're walking towards each other, give each other a big hug. And I'm like, why did I not video that? Right. 
<laughs> I remember us what saying is, that. What yeah. is wrong with me? Why yeah. would I not video that? It was really cool to see that. Right. And I mean, in our own humble, small way, we, we got two guys who enjoyed each other's company quite yeah. a bit yeah. back, back together again. And I, the conversation was fun. Yeah. Um, little the sp- memories. Memories, some smack talk in there. Right. Yeah, it was all, <laughs> I loved it. I adored yeah. every bit of that. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so they're a year older than you, so that means they're my age, and I remember, which is always going to be older than me. Yeah. Yes, correct. Yes. So, yep. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I remember those rivalries, and of course, you and I didn't go to Patrick Henry at that point. Never, um, never did. Yeah. Never did. Yep. And uh, but but all a, a ton of our friends did, and so we were always up there on Friday nights, and I'm quite certain we saw, you know, all four tomato bowls that those two guys played against each other. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really neat. I think to your defense and to my defense, I don't think we'd realize that they hadn't seen each other for 20 or 30 years when they were approaching each other, but I don't know if it was, uh, how long it had been, or I, I don't think, I don't think I had an appreciation for how tight, how happy they were going to be. Yes. To see each other. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that was a fun one. So really, really cool. So, all right. So my next one, oh, okay. So one ninety one, Eric Kleinsmith. Mm. Yeah. So um, just, um, I don't know. So I mean, a lot of little things he talked about. You know, growing up in a small town, um, and kind of having like I think what we've talked about, pretty much like an idyllic. You know, kind of growing up. You know, in a small town. Um, only the sad thing that happened in his young life was that he lost his dad who sounded like an amazing person. I mean, the things that he did for Eric and his siblings and for neighborhood kids, he talked about, you know, like a fort that he built or, you know, and it was like mobile. I mean, who does that? You know, I, Eric's dad, apparently. apparently. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, just, um, so, so that kind of that was like a first connection, you know, thing that you have that small town idyllic growing up thing um, for me, and then um, you know just kind of you know what he did with his life, um, you know, obviously serving in the army, you know, I mean, so lots obviously lots of admiration for that, um, same same type of admiration I have for you and and you know people that serve, um, and then. And then going into you know working in, in the intel community and um, talking a lot about 9/11 and maybe some things that could have been done and um, testing fine in, in front of Congress and um, and I say some things that could have been done differently you know that might have might have helped. We we knew uh, a lot more than yeah yeah I think that's pretty pretty clear yeah, yeah. so and then um, and then he kind of tops it off where he's you know he's got this special type of background where he knows he i mean the intel community is you know on a different level of you know what they do and stuff like that their research is unbelievable yes correct and so then he turns that into working with a group of people that solve some of the most amazing cold old cold cases of like actual like criminals and stuff like that and i just I mean, I just thought that was really cool. So, I mean, yeah, and he, and, and he gave and, a couple examples that were that just basically kind of blew me away. Yeah, uh, so. DB Sweeney, Sweeney, yep. Sweeney or Cooper? Oh, DB Cooper, right? Sweeney's yeah. an actor. I'm thinking the actor, right? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> DB Cooper, uh, the Atlanta child murders. Yep. 
um, a couple other things he was working on, and he 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 made an offer. He's like, Paul, if you want to do another episode, we can go more in depth on the Atlanta child murders. Yeah, I think it's been long enough that I should reach out to him. Yeah, at this point. that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. So what was the episode number on that? Again? That was one ninety one. All right, I'll just say that uh, I added him to my honorable mention. I almost pulled the trigger the first time I went through the list, but I'll I'll put him in my honorable mention. Excellent, excellent. All right, this next one, I I think I would lose my tag as decent father if I didn't do this one. Episode one eighty. And, and by the by the way, even if he wasn't my son, well, I have a bias. I have an extremely strong affinity, like most good parents do. For their children, uh, episode one eighty one was two days after my son turned twenty one years old, yeah. and he's. He, I think most of your kids turning out to be good probably doesn't have as much to do with parenting as you'd <laughs> like to think, but he's turned out to be a really good young man, and yep. I'm like. I kind of wish I was like him when I was that age, right? Because <laughs> I was not, yeah, as good as, as as I believe my son is now. Once again, I have uh, the glasses that I view my children through are very different than uh, as, what the rest of the world as is we all are. But but I, I absolutely loved talking to him, yeah. about his life to that point, uh, and then some thoughts about what he might be doing in the future, and uh, it just I was smiling the entire time I was talking yeah. to him. Yeah, so. Um, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna go ahead and back you up and give you a non-dad but a very close friend of his dad's opinion, and that is uh, matches a lot what you say. So first of all, honorable mention on my list, um, and um, but um, Zach is um, yeah. I mean, there's no way to put it. He's he's a good kid. He's a a great young man. He's doing. Um, some great stuff at school. He's got a super bright future in front of him, um, and and I just um, you know you, you you can tell other kids and and we can talk about parenting and and um, I I can say for a fact that you and Lisa have raised three wonderful kids are raising three wonderful kids, um, but you can tell that you know the old joke is you know somebody comes up to you and says hey Zach. You know, shook my hand and said thank you, and you know, blah blah blah, whatever the you know case may be, and and the joke is you talking about my kid, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. But um, but Zach's that type of kid, you know. I mean, the fact that he, you know, just just general things, manners and respect that he has for other adults, and it just you just know that he's been raised right, and he's uh, a good good young man, and he's got a super bright future. So. Yeah, and he tolerates his parents and his sisters. Really yeah, so well. yeah, uh, I I'll just say the last thing I'll say about that particular episode. Looking back at it, uh, made me think about talking to my dad. And Zach was sitting there listening to the whole thing. His jaw was yep. dropped for most of it, and he, I encouraged him once or twice during the recording to ask a couple questions. He he asked. He ended up asking one, but he's pretty shy. And right. he, he was I think eighteen at the time. Yeah, uh, and he leans to the introverted side. Once I got him on that episode, things had changed over the next sure. over the past three years, and yep. he's I think he's more confident. And it was just it was nice to see that. Yep. Episode nine, three generations Gilman to episode one eighty one Zach Gilman. Yep. Yeah. Lots of changes. That's good stuff. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, my next one is um, a Ashland, Virginia person that I did not know. Um, I think he's quite a bit younger than me. Um, 
but episode 192, going back-to-back on this one, and that's uh, Matt Green. Um, just, uh, I mean, just a, a neat storyteller and respect of he had lots of stories to tell <laughs> in, in what he ended up doing with his life. Um, so you guys had something in common, be it, you know, a few years apart. Uh, he went to UVA, um, you know, majored in engineering, uh, worked in that you know, did, did some things where like a normal, you know, college kid goes to do, goes and finds a job, all that other good stuff. And he's been doing it for a few years. And then he's like, um, he gets this idea in his head, um, about essentially going for a walk. And, um, two years later he quits his job and we're not talking about like walking across the street. He walks across the country from New York to Oregon. I forget the name of it, but the Rock, oh, Rockaway Rockaway Beach. Beach. Yeah, Rockaway York. Beach, New York to yeah. Rockaway Beach, Oregon. So funny that he can find two two places with the same name. His personality, Three. his personality, he was not going to find uh he was going to pick a starting point at yeah. any point that had the same. Right, right. Yeah. So but um so anyway, just um you know, just some really cool stories from that um just how he got along with people, how he found places to stay, um, just all kinds of neat stories with that. And then um, and then I think I think he told us, I think I put it in the write up, he's ninety eight percent of New York he is he has walked. He's probably um, closer than that since we talked. Probably so. Yeah. Yep, because that's where he lives. And then um, and then we were talking about it uh, just a few minutes ago upstairs. Um, he uh, during the pandemic he came home uh, to Ashland to live with his parents and, you know, check on them and help them, blah, blah, blah. And and you you said something to him about walking Ashland. He's like, yeah, I already did that. I did that the first three days. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So and we and we talked about, hey, if you can if you can do probably now ninety nine point three percent of New York and you can walk across the country, you can do the seven square miles of Ashland. So in less than three days. In less than three days. Yeah. So but um but yeah, so anyway, just a neat story and you know Makes you think of you know, <laughs> like a you know, I don't know. Forrest Gump comes to mind with all the running he did in the movie, but Matt did that for real, and that just kind of blows me away, and it's pretty cool. So, yeah, he's still walking. Yeah, right. He's still walking, hey. and I imagine, and I, 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 I'm guessing, given his personality, he could tell you how many streets he's walked on seven times versus right. eight times. Yeah, because uh, he's covered a lot of the same territory just sure. to get to these unique parts of the city. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was the one, when we stopped recording, he said, so you just kind of have this meandering thing you do on your podcast. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. We, we meander <laughs> where the, wherever the conversation That's takes right. us. That's yep. right. And, and it was something for him because he is very detailed in yeah. his planning day to day. Yep, you can He tell knows that. exactly where he's going. Yeah, yep. yeah. So Where I would walk out my apartment door and I'd be like, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, just just that was just really cool with what he's accomplished, and just the ability to tell us about it was pretty neat. Yeah, he's he's a good storyteller. Yes, big time. All right, mine is a friend of mine. He's he's really tight with Kevin Flippin, but he's he's a friend of mine as well. Uh, Episode one ninety eight, Rob Owens uh, talking to Rob. I hadn't talked to Rob in probably fifteen years, twelve years at least. And I was reminded how, how kind he is. I was reminded uh, of his 
taste in life. He's he loves sports. He loves music. He's got a voice for radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's his voice is akin to Barry White. Right. Yep. I would agree with that. Um, and, and he just. I was happy to reconnect with him. He's a really solid guy, and uh, and once again, he's one of those guys. You see him, he makes you feel better. Yeah. Day. Yep. So I'll go so ahead. So that, that's my theme, by the way. That's it's, your. Th- I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, I like it. So, so um, you're probably seeing me. I'm putting check marks next to my honorable mentions yep. that you mentioned. So, yeah. so honorable mention for me, and um, yeah, one of the ones like I'm. I'm sorry I wasn't able to be here for that one. So. Um, would really like to meet him one day. Um, and, yeah, just, again, I mean, I'll tack on to your theme. You can just feel it through the microphone. You can feel it, you know, in your earbuds or whatever, you know, and you can tell he's a good guy and would be neat to hang around with and, you know, just talk to. Kevin and I had this uh, little smile on our faces the entire time. I don't doubt it. Yeah, I don't yeah. doubt it one bit. And you, and you can probably, you know, again, you can sense that, you know, when you're listening to an episode like that. Yep, no so, doubt. Yep, so. There it is. Very cool. All right. Uh, next for me is uh, 205 Helen Emerson. Um, so with Helen, um, so just kind of a, you know, neat sort of born in England, moved here when she was eight. Um, and then I think just, I think the, the couple things that just struck me about her and her story were family um and i think we might have said it at the end or she might have said it or something but um and i'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit but but kind of two families you know talking about her family her blood family um working with her dad you know now taking over the business per se by from her dad um and and that's she runs a pub in richmond um and but then the other family aspect was, I think about it as I'm saying it out loud, it's actually twofold. It's the family of the people that work there with her. And then it's the family of, I guess, kind of, you think about like Cheers and stuff, the regulars, you know, that come in there. Right. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure if I walked in there and Helen didn't know me from, she doesn't know me from Adam, I wouldn't volunteer that, you know, I worked with the pod, you know, anything like that. I just, I just have a feeling she would, you know, it'd be one of the warmest welcomes I could get going into a restaurant, you know, kind of deal. She you smiles know? every time she sees someone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just uh, again, and I, you know, maybe it's another theme for me, but I, I mean, I just love listening to that episode. I mean, you could just, I mean, her energy was crazy off the hook. Um, um, and you can just tell she loves what she does and then just talking about a couple of her hobbies like horses and you know things like that just but but you can just i think that the main thing that struck me was was the family aspect whether it was blood co-workers you know people that that patroned her her pub you know anything like that but um just a neat story and just effervescent kind of personality i i I really enjoyed talking to her yeah uh i texted with her earlier today because she's helping me uh, get other guests on because nice. you can imagine the variety of people oh, that come yeah. in their pub. Can't even fathom. Uh, and she she makes connections. Anybody comes in a second time, there's a uh, a strengthening of the connection. Sure. Uh, it's, she's one of a handful of. I think she may be the only episode that 
my daughter Lindsay, my middle child, uh, listened to that she didn't know beforehand. Right, know the person, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, we recorded in their pub, which yep. is, which was kind of neat. Uh, yeah, she was super gracious the whole time, super helpful, and I will uh, share that Steve Dunphy was the connection to her. Right, that's right. Yeah. I remember that now. Good call. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. There it is. All right, so my uh, next episode, and you and I traveled with my daughter Lindsay to Charlottesville to record this one. Um, (laughs) What an incredible story. I think it's, we've recorded some pretty unbelievable stories, and and we didn't do anything but have conversations with the people that live those stories. Sure. But, man, Margie Howell, married to Ambassador Howell, uh, he was the ambassador to Kuwait, uh, back in 1990, the Iraqis basically laid siege to uh, the Kuwait City U.S. Embassy compound, yep. uh, and they were they were there from early August until just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Margie was back on the home front with her boys. And they, by the way, they had all been living at that complex or mm-hmm. that compound, and they had just come back to the states for. You can imagine various reasons, but like just like a month before or something, right? I mean, yeah, they, they just missed it. Really, they just honestly. missed it. But Margie was like coordinating a bunch of stuff for the hundreds of families that yep. had loved ones that were either at that compound or they were somewhere in Kuwait and they weren't sure what the fate was. She was crucial to that whole effort, yep. and, and everybody was kind of looking to her for that. And she just had a lot of stories. Um, she shared from growing up before mm-hmm. Smith Mountain Lake was ever a thing. Right. Because she grew up in, uh, I'm going to forget, it's where the D-Day Memorial is now. Mm. Starts with a B, the county. Dang on it. Botetot. No, it's not Botetot. Oh, darn it. I'll, I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, okay. she she was a lot of fun to talk to. She was well worth the drive to Big Charlottesville. Time. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of pinched myself. Like, she was showing us... Uh, a book that had a picture and I read it before she asked me to read it before I got there. It was about, uh, the siege on the compound from an analytical diplomatic perspective, sort of like, Hey, we're going to look at this from above and say, what can we learn from this? Mm -hmm. And and then it also told the very real story of what they went through. Sure. And, uh, I, there's a picture of, of Margie and her husband and their sons with George H.W. Bush. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's pretty rare stuff. I mean, yeah, for sure. The president d- doesn't pose with just anybody. That's the truth. And in that particular case, that was not a political thing at all. It was just George Bush was showing respect, and his right. administration was showing respect to, yeah. for what that family went through. Yes, right. Yeah, so Margie, Margie was... Uh, yeah, she was fun to talk to. Yeah, too. really was. And a gracious host in her house and... Um, gave us copies of that book written by her husband. Right? Uh, written by her husband and basically an analyst. Yeah, too. right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so yeah, just just really, yeah, that was just an amazing trip and super cool that Lynn's went with us. So, Lindsay's a history major and, he, yep. and she means it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Exactly. So I get to talk to somebody who was part of history. Sure, I'll go. Yep. For sure. So that was neat. Cool. All right. Um, Back on the friend kick, I'm going with 207, and that's uh, Vern Inge. Mm. So, um, again, kind of like Rob, a um, couple year year older than me. Yep. 
Um, Burns two years older. Yeah, two years the, older. The May one year older. Than you. Yes, correct. There you go. So, um, but um, yeah, Vern is. So I'll just tack on your theme a little bit. Um, Vern's. I mean, he's just like I've said about a couple of. He's just a. He's a good guy, solid guy. Um, kind of will help you any way he can. Um, but just a lot of fun to be around and just, you know, you just, just like we've talked about a lot of these, just somebody that, you know, is going to make you feel better about your day and is going to, you know, is happy to, you know, hang out and just chill. So, um, we had a, a fun back and forth with, um, when, when he said he was coming on and that we, that Ross had told some frat stories at U of R and, um, and that he wanted to make sure that you know certain stories weren't told. I think by Ross and Rob. I think was the was the theme in that. But um, so that that was just funny. Um, and I think uh, um, he and a buddy, and then Ross and some had the had the handover nicknames. What was it? Were they? Oh, I can't remember. But it was meant to be demeaning. About yes, right. Yeah, because yeah. country boys or whatever, something like that. So, but. Um, but anyway, and then just um, Vern's an extremely successful lawyer, um, and I think he's been president of the Richmond Bar before. Um, so that just shows, you know, that just shows the admiration and uh, trust that his colleagues have for him. Um, and then he's got some pretty neat clients, and he was able to tell us a couple stories about that, um, where he's um, a big part of his practice is, uh, I guess, just for lack of better, sports law. And um, so he's um, represented some, you know, pretty famous sports folks. Some people he could say, some people he couldn't. Um, but just had a couple neat stories about that. And then, um, and then his youngest son and Jack went to school together. So uh, we've always had that connection. We served on a couple boards together in town. And so um, again, going back to the theme of of kind of knowing somebody, and but uh, but just a just a really really solid guy and really fun to listen to and talk to and it was you know it was a pleasure to sit in that seat over there when and listen to the chat yeah so. Vern uh I didn't know much of his story at all I had always assumed that he lived every second of the first 18 years of his life here right he did not but he had some pretty thick friends in uh middle and high school or I guess at yeah. the time junior high going into high school um and they're lifelong friends to this day which is pretty cool and, and he's done some incredible things in right. his life and he's he's unbelievably humble yes about incredibly it. yep yeah totally agree yep he's and that just i think that's just one of the things that that i admire about him and i think you know just makes him a good person so yeah um, absolutely yep another good one all right, my next one is episode 204. That's 204 for the listening audience. Um, she's actually a neighbor of mine connected to me uh, through my wife, uh, Lily Cameron. Yep. Lily, uh, her dad was the chief of staff to the queen of Iran. Iran. Yep. yep. I'm, saying, I'm probably saying it incorrectly. And she was a... I think she was less than two years old. She might have even been less than a year old, so she doesn't remember this. But they had to flee the country, and Dad, I think, separated, if I remember the story correctly, from Mom and, and their two daughters, Lily being the youngest of the two daughters. Right. And she said, look, if we didn't get out of the country, all four of us would have been dead. Right. Um, it was at the bequest of the Queen. She she told him 
you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here now. So yeah. yeah. So what an unbelievable start to life, and then she becomes a a a doctor, right? A neurosurgeon. Yeah. Breaks her wrist. It's not going to heal in a way that she can perform that kind of delicate surgery again. Uh, And she spent. I mean, and, and by the way, English is not your first language. But you then go through all the education you have to go through to be a doctor in this country, yep. and you pick a discipline that's one of the most most elite. Most elite. That's, yep. a, that's a good word for it. And then you can't do it. You right. put yourself through because all of that, an and yeah. you can't do it because of a, a simple accident. And recently, and, and this is why my wife thought of her, she's pouring her heart, soul, time, energy into helping uh, Afghan refugees. Right. Yep. Lo- local to Richmond, not not just like within five miles of where she lives, like she's going Richmond wide. Mm-hmm. We've, we've helped them out. She's got most of the neighborhood to help them out. Um, and yeah, she's just got a huge, huge heart. Yeah. 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 That's what impressed me most about her is just her ability to give of herself and of her time. Um, but yet, and I think that's a, a great point you made about just like when she's a neurosurgeon, she gets hurt. She can't do it anymore, but I mean, then she went into pediatrics, right? Yeah, for a time. Yeah, GP pediatrics. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, but just bottom line, what I mean to overcome that after all that, you know, schooling and training and education and everything, and to keep going, where again she's still helping people, you know, in her career, and now, now again, the biggest thing that she's doing it, you know, not as career, just because. She wants to help people, and that's that says a ton about her. Oh so, man, yeah, awesome, just incredible, yeah. So, all right. Um, next for me, another back-to-back episodes, uh, two good ones in a row. There, I'm going two oh eight with Tommy Dew. You have effectively taken my last one. I'm very sorry. That's all right. We'll both have fun things to say about Tommy. Yes. So, um. So, so I wasn't here for that one, um, but I mean, got what is? I mean, what is this? This is stories from the center of the universe, and that dude tells stories for a living. You know, um, I mean, he, I mean, he. So he does. So he he went to school with you at St. Chris, but then he goes to college at Charleston, and however you want to say it, he never comes back. You know, that's where he settles. And now he gives walking tours about Charleston to you know folks that come to Charleston. And I said it to you, I'm pretty sure within 72 hours or the first time that I talked to you after listening to that episode is that we need to go to Charleston. You know, I mean, the the way he told stories and the way just just the way he told his story, I wanted to go to Charleston. You know, and that. That's pretty. That was pretty powerful for me, um, and he told you know about a couple stories uh, about famous people that he given tours to, and um, so um, he he tells the history of Charleston factually, you know, which I think is admirable, um, and I mean it, he doesn't sugarcoat. No, he doesn't, and he's telling the truth, you know, and that's. Um, that's that's refreshing, you know, in that respect. Especially the last few years, yeah. Yes, exactly. But um, so anyway, I just, um, I mean, it's it's just it was one of those episodes, and you've had 
we've had a ton, but it's one of those episodes where I I literally like wanted to go to Charleston the next week and go on a Tommy Do walking tour. You yeah. know, uh, I mean, amongst doing other cool things because Charleston's a cool city. But pretty sure I would have figured out like another ten really cool things to do after I talked to Tommy Do while I was doing one of his walking tours. Yeah, to, uh, Charleston's a really cool place. Yeah, I mean. So I, I'll real quickly say that Sandra Day O'Connor somehow got connected to Tommy, right. and Tommy gave the first female Supreme Court justice yeah. a tour of Charleston, and he said she had a lot of questions, and they yeah. were, many were not easy. Right. Um, and he knocked him out of the park. Yeah, so however he connected to her, there were people that said he's the best one to yeah. give the tour to yeah. her. Uh, the other, one of the other things that, that struck me was I, I asked him about being a lead singer in a band during and after college. Right. And he goes, I... I was yes, I was a lead singer, but I was more of a performer. And then he told some fun stories about yeah. him being a performer. Uh, One in particular, and, and, I, and I will just say how small the world is. And we, you and I, bump into examples often about how small the world is yeah. through this podcast. Uh, but I was connected to Tommy uh, through a guy I served with in the army. Guy I actually deployed overseas with, uh, who had just been down That's there. Right. Yep. to Charleston, and I was actually driving to Charleston when he's texting me, uh, hey, you've got to do this cool tour, right? Uh, and he sends me the link. No, he sends me a link of, of a podcast that is some stories across America or something like that, yep. and it features Tommy Dew. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, does he want me to talk to this Tommy guy or the host of the podcast? The podcast I'm not sure. right. I remember that now. That was the very beginning. And when I did some back and forth, he goes, no, I'm talking about Tommy Dew. You need to talk to him. I'm like... That name's really familiar. Right. And I'm like, I think I went to high school with a guy named Tommy Dew. So we'd been in Charleston for a couple of days. So I call the phone number. Yeah. And I connect to Tommy. And uh, <laughs> Tommy answers. I'm like, I'm surprised you're answering. I figured one of your folks would answer. He goes, I'm the only employee. And it's been that way for 28 <laughs> years. And I'm very happy. Thank you very right. much. Uh, and so I, he goes, what's your name again? And I told him. He goes, yeah, I don't remember you. <laughs> I said, well, I'm... I'm two years younger, so you tend to right. remember the guys that are your age and older. Uh, and I, we record it, we we put it out, and I get a text message, I don't know, later that week saying, Paul, thank you so much for Tommy Do. I could listen to that guy all day long. Yep, I remember you telling me about that. And I, I, try, I, I gently hinted, or I, I probably came out and said it. I said, Tommy, when, I, when we stopped recording, I said, you should probably do your own podcast. Man. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. he's really good. Yeah, I mean, and and he could just do like, I mean, he could just do a podcast on Charleston, but he could do it on anything. But I mean, he could he could get five hundred episodes out of the history of Charleston and easily all the stories that he tells. Why wouldn't you know? he do that? Yeah, right. So, um, I mean, you talk about the posterity angle, you know, that we like to to hit on. That'd be some pretty cool posterity history-wise for the yeah. for the city of Charleston. No question. So, and the way that he tells it, those would be in the, if there is one, the Charleston History Museum. Yeah. And people five generations from now could listen to Tommy Do tell a story and you, listen to it all day long. You and I love that. Yes, big time. Yeah. Yep. So. I, I may pursue that with Tommy. Yeah. So. Cool. All right. Well, we definitely had a match on that one. So. Well, that was my last one, and you already took another one of mine out, so I'm done for the top ten, which is all good. Okay. Does that mean you have one more or two I have more? one more. Okay, yep. Yep. 
So uh, my one more is um, Carrie Allen. That's episode 213. And again, it is an excuse, but I've just, unfortunately, I just haven't been able to listen in or be with you on on quite a few lately um a lot due to due to work um but um man i mean carrie was just fun to listen to you know and i mean um just from i mean just lots of different stories i think i think the thing i most liked about carrie um and i've said this about a couple i think i said it about helen um was a lot of energy um, and then the different, you know, having a regular job, but, and that's, and so there's the, there's, I mean, the flexibility, having a regular job. She has a regular job in Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> but she lives in Virginia, has got her own business slash store in Virginia, you know, that does various things. But I, th- I think the coolest thing um, one of the coolest things about her, again, going back to energy, was the ideas are not stopping. You know, I mean, she was talking about, I mean, she said another three or four things um, that she wants to do in the future. And I think you hooked with her through her husband, um, who you guys have gone to UVA before, or together. We graduated at the same time. Yeah, yep. exactly. And, um, and he, yeah, he was an honorary co-host. I thought that was fun, too, you know. Um and then and just with them, neat story about how they met, you know, the long-distance relationship, making things work, which a lot of times doesn't, you know. But um, but they were, they were you could just tell they were, you know, kind of a cute couple, you know, coming through the, through the microphone. But, but Carrie was just cool. And, I mean, um, just her business, again, her business acumen, um, talking about, I guess a little bit of my theme too has been family. I mean, talking about going to RMWC at the time, and and that was a big influence from her grandmother because her grandmother went there. And then I don't remember what they were, but I definitely remember she had two majors that were kind of polar opposites of each other. Um, one business, one art. Art. Yeah, there you go. Yep. And um, but she's kind of brought that back together with I think it it seems to me, and I'd like to go to Whitestone, Virginia, at some point and go to her store. Um, but it seems to me if I walked in there, I'd be pretty impressed because I think it's, it seems like it'd be a very eclectic place with lots of different things and different themes. Um, but, but just some really neat, cool stuff in there to, to look at and this bring is, home. This is not the very end of the podcast because we're going to do some quick hit honorable mentions, yep. but, uh, Bobby Malone has been in her shop. Really? So we started with Bobby. Get We're not the ending heck with out. Bobby, but it's a fun little fact. That, that is a fun little fact. I love that. I'll just say this about Carrie. Uh, very energetic, uh, wildly creative. Yeah. Um, and just a baller. Yeah. Like she sees like, an opportunity and she goes after yeah. it. She, I'm sure she has doubts and fears like everybody sure. else does, but she doesn't come across as no. being afraid of anything. Totally agree with that. Yeah. And yeah, and and you talk about um, the creative side and stuff. I'd, I'd like to go to her store, and I'd I'd like to take Riley. Riley, you know, has a lot of creativity and stuff that she does, and I just and and I like her to meet Carrie. I think that'd be yeah, be fun and yeah. be, be an inspiration business wise, because you know that's what Riley wants to do is get into business, and I yeah. think it'd be fun. So. Yeah, that's that's a connection I'll gladly make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So all right, I'm gonna I'm just gonna rapid fire. Th- 
one, and then you hit one. And then okay. We'll, well, actually, you start because I think you have eight, and I balloon to well six. Okay, I've got five because three of your selections were honorable mentions, which I said that right, was so that, that was Boogie Woogie Zach and Rob Owens. Yeah, you, we you and I both hit Eric Klein Smith and and um, Helen Emerson. There are two of my honorable gotcha. mentions, okay, but I, cool. have, I have four left. You have five, so why don't you hit? Okay, first. very good. So my first one is a combo, and that's episode one fifty four and one fifty five, and that was talking to the coach and then the player of the year of the national champion basketball team from Randolph-Macon. So Josh Merkel and Buzz Anthony, uh, respectively. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We're quick hitting. So We're quick hitting. That was uh, my first honorable mention. And I combined them, too. They were back-to-back yep. episodes, but I combined yep. them because they're National Player of the Year and National Coach of the Year for yep. Division Three basketball that won the national championship. They made – In record-setting fashion. They blew everybody out. Yes, it was won ridiculous. by like an average of twenty six points a game or something. something. It was nuts. It was it was won the national championship by 40, 30, 75, 45, 30, 30. points. Thirty. I enjoyed talking to both of them. Oh yeah, I really did. Great guys. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? Next one is William Flippin. <laughs> so Flip's dad um, goes by Kevin. Goes, oh no, it was, no, it was, it was dad. Sorry. Yes. Yep. Kevin was earlier. Yep. I saw William Flip and I thought I was being cute, but I forgot that it was his dad. Yes. My bad, yes. No, no, that was my bad. Flip's dad, uh, William. Um, and man, just, I don't know, just a cool story. And I mean, certainly an older gentleman, but talked about growing up, you know, and, you know, outhouse, you know, type growing up, you know, just, just old school, you know, and just. Super old school. Yeah. But um, just, it, he was just. He was just really neat to listen to. And, of course, the personal connection of knowing Flip, you know, but met his dad, but only a couple times at one of the old, you know, Wiffle Golf tournaments or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, just just a really neat listen. So, and I just I just enjoy, again, go back to the posterity angle. I know I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, just a cool episode. So. I was very happy to record that uh, in general and for Kevin. Yes. Uh, and I've told you this before, and I've told Duke this. Like, I wish your dads were still around, and we could have done yep. it three years ago. Um, and so no day is promised, right? Yeah, so correct. Yep. I, I was uh, urgently trying to get him recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, if that if that doesn't hit the posterity angle as hard as any episode we've ever done, then it does, you know, yeah. then I don't know what does. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I have this weird. The last three are the last three episodes I've released. Oh, so there's a recency thing, I think. But I think these three will look back, and, and a lot of our listeners will look back and say, "Yeah, th- those were those were good episodes. They were, they were really good." Tom Guo. Uh, I'll just give you one line on him. His story is unique. He's so humble that he tried to fight it. The uniqueness, and I'm like, dude, just right. let it let it sit there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I highly recommend that one. Yeah, very cool. All right, uh, my next one, Ashland Icon, uh, Sue Watson. Um, you know, has known both of us since we were born, <laughs> I guess per se. I mean, because she and her husband Richie, good friends with our parents. They moved to Ashland before I was born. For yes. Sure. Right, yeah, good call. Yep. So, um, so anyway, but um, but yeah. So I just has been, you know, 
continued to be a wonderful friend of my family, and um, she had lots of neat stories to tell too. You know, just about growing up, and meeting Richie, and it was fun to listen her kids. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. And she's, I mean, she's, yeah, she's she's done a lot of great things for the for the community. Over very the years. very active. Yes, extremely. Community. Yep. Uh, my next one was sorry, Tom Glow. By the way, was two eighteen. Uh, I said three in a row, so two nineteen is Don Willis. I had not talked to Don since two thousand two when he retired. Uh, I was so happy to reconnect with him. I've made the comment a couple other times. I wish there were more people like Don Willis. We, yep. we'd be a much better place. He has an incredibly um, compelling and sad story about his his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, He's he's raising his grandchildren as the father, yep. um, and I can't think of many people that are better than Don at, at uh, being a father. And he's he's bright, he's very articulate, yep. and he's it, it, and here's my theme. I I makes me happy. Yeah, when I got to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I'll just say extremely poignant story, and uh, yeah, you could just tell he's a he's a really good dude. So. Did you reconnect with, or did you connect with him, by the way? Uh, yes, we chatted briefly, okay. um, and I can't remember if I'm supposed to call him back or he's supposed to call me back, but I'll call him back. Yeah. So, um, cool. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I've been saying that at all, but what the episodes? William Flippin was one seventy nine. Sue was one eighty four. There you go. All right, and then my next one is uh, one eighty five, and that's Pete Turner. Um, mm who eventually connect us to Eric. Um, but, um, yeah, Pete was just, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that just the thing about Pete is he had a lot of cool stories to tell, you know? And um, I just remember, I don't know, I'll tack on to your, team, I, uh, your theme. I just remember just being happy listening to that episode. You yeah. Know, kind of deal. So Military guy. Yep. De- definitely curious about the world around him. Yes, big for time. sure. Yeah. I, I actually missed one. I put one over here on the side, which I had missed. So sure, I'll, I'll cover him last. Uh, episode two twenty just came out. Rich Dalton. I, I I talked to him for about forty five minutes before the day we recorded, and I started thinking about him being possibly a three part, three episode guy. Yeah, and uh, so we recorded the first twenty two years of his life. He's forty six. We'll break out the the next 24 and a couple different episodes, but he, he has lived at least six or seven lives in yeah. 46 years. Yep. Totally agree with that. All right. And then my last one is episode 209, and that's uh, Jocelyn Russell, um, sculptor, world-renowned world sculptor, um, and the, the biggest... She said the the biggest and most detailed and probably the uh, what's the right word epitome of her of all the sculptures she's done is Secretariat and um, I got a family connection to that um, but uh, but yeah just I mean I don't know just just a neat story about growing up and then a couple different lives that she's led you know being on a farm in Colorado and then now living in Washington State on an island I think and then. Just the places that she's been, and um, so she leans into life. Yes, big time. Yep. So, so I, yep. I respect them immensely. Actually. Yeah, exactly. So cool. And my the last one, uh, and and we're not going in any particular order. No, nope. but uh, he's 
probably for people our age that follow sports, he's arguably a top five famous for the the podcast. Yeah, um, Ken Harvey, linebacker uh, for the Washington Redskins back in the day, uh, played for the Cardinals for a while. Yeah. Uh, Jock Jones connected me to Ken. They played together in uh, Phoenix. Yeah. And Ken was super gracious, really nice, didn't make a big deal out of anything. Yeah. And I don't, I haven't looked, I need to Google this, but he mentioned uh, the fact that he's invented a sport called float ball. Oh. So zero gravity, it's a ball. I don't understand all the rules, but, but Ken trains uh, astronauts before they. Go to oh, space. I think cool. it's mostly uh, private travel yeah. to space. Yeah, but he, he gets them uh, physically ready. acclimated and generally to ready gravity. to go. And so he's done a lot of zero gravity stuff, and he came That's up with this cool. idea for float ball. Nice. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, but, and he's what? The, what does Washington call it? But he's the he's the Ring of Honor. Is that he's in, yeah the Ring of Fame or Ring, ring of, of Honor? Yeah, on for two. for the Redskins. So yeah, no, that was really neat to listen to. He's got a book out that was. Yeah, that's really good. And, oh yeah, he like not much to the NFL. Like, right, he had he had a tough childhood. Yes, big time. Yep, yeah, that's a great honorable mention. I like that a lot. Yeah, so cool. There it is, Rob. Thanks for doing this. You're uh, you're very reliable and a uh, solid citizen and a good friend. <laughs> I appreciate you doing this. No, I love it, dude. It's awesome. enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.